Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. just life updates at this point because uh, <laughs> Zach and Kevin have both decided to uh, start some new uh, start at some smaller you know kind of earlier stage startup companies I'm kind of curious just like you know so this has kind of become a, a trend you know I'm seeing right so Zach you you went from I bought it to PayPal and then now we're at a smaller company and you were only at PayPal for what six eight months so I think seven months yeah yeah, it was pretty close. Six and, maybe six months, yeah. And and Kevin, you've kind of uh, you turned down a bigger company offer in favor of a smaller one. So, mm-hmm. what's the deal? What's making startups so interesting these days? Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's also the stage of career that you that you're in. Um, I think Zach and I similarly um, have the same, very similar experience amount and, you know, time, amount of years, types of companies, all that kind of stuff. Um, We kind of know what we like a little bit. Um, For me personally, um, I love having that um, uh, uh, like a smaller team, more nimble. I can have that clear line of sight into the impact that I'm making. Um, but also like wanting to do that player coach that we kind of touched on what a couple weeks ago, um, being able to, uh, um, you know, build up a team, manage a team. And, and it's not so audacious right now having, you know, you're not coming into a team that's like 30 product managers, 30 designers or whatever. It, it's, it's more manageable. It's like, okay, two start with two and you're growing and it's like, you can get your hands on that and kind of, uh, get that gain that experience. Um, and then also just to be a part of something small and get being able to grow that. I think any product manager really enjoys that. Right. So I think there's that kind of playing into it, but, uh, in terms of like stability, that's another question, right? Like, um, why bigger company versus a smaller company in general, um, that was a huge concern of mine because I've actually been at two other companies that have been a little more volatile and, you know, lost funding. It was bootstrapped. It didn't work out. Um, it's kind of nerve wracking, especially when you have a family and, and you, you need health insurance and, and just the basics. Uh, so that's kind of nerve wracking. So for me, that was super crucial. Like when I was interviewing around, um, I was interviewing with startups, but I made sure that like I understood that. Lou, you helped me ask some great questions around like, um, what's your cap table look like? Like all the specific, I'd love for you to kind of touch on some of that. That would be interesting, but that really made yeah. uh, impact in my decision. Well, it's funny because I think there's like, you know, I, I think what we're kind of hitting on is this concept of like career growth and like, what does it mean to try out different things? Because for me, I, I came from the reverse side, right? I'd done pretty much nothing but startup life. Right. Uh, even the first software company I was at was like, this government contracting type firm that was still like 30 of us. And, you know, it was pretty neat, but as, as I went into the startup world and I, I kind of had given Kevin some kind of round two advice, which was, all right, well, here's the things you need to know about the startup dirty laundry after having done been a founder a couple of times over. Uh, first is how much money do we have in the bank and what's the burn rate? <laughs> That's like question one. Uh, and you want to know too, like, 
what are the funding sources? Like, you know, did we just get a bunch of angels together and everybody's writing 25, 50 K checks or, or we got some real like backers who could not just who could follow on and invest, right. Who maybe put early capital in and they're waiting to give us series A, series B funding. And where are we at in that process? And one of the other things too is, is the product making money and how close are we to, to breaking even? Is this just a, like, we're solely reliant on investor fund world um, in order to get like a product to market and how risky is that product? Um, I've kind of come from the world where I, I tried a couple of products that were really intense development cycles, like years of development cycles just to get a prototype and that's like a, it's a total risk, like, you know, but I'm not going to lie. Right. Like if, if it were Tesla and Elon Musk is your primary benefactor, you know, that's probably a pretty decent choice when Tesla is 40 or 50 <laughs> people. <laughs> but Zach, exactly. Yeah. Zach, how about you? You, you, like I said, just left PayPal. What was the startup appeal for you? Um, yeah, pretty, pretty similar. Um, you know, I, I think I've been at a few larger companies at this point. Um, the the leadership side of things is interesting. And so sometimes if you really want to try out, you know, leading a product team, um, a, a way to make that possible is join a starter, a smaller company. Um, and you can kind of help them build out a team based on a lot of the things you've learned. And so it's a good way to apply what you've learned and observed at other places, kind of take the good things you've learned from a variety of places and try not to do the things you've seen not work well, um, while getting to, to be the person in, in a place of, of leadership. So that was a big part of it. Um, another part of it was the smaller team aspect. So, you know, PayPal was really interesting, but, um, this probably won't surprise anyone, but there's a lot of bureaucracy uh, in a place like PayPal simply because it's a bank, right? So it's regulated like a bank. Um, and so that it made it very difficult to develop and launch products quickly. And as much as some of the products were really interesting that I was working on, the a, a big chunk of my time started to be like, you know, reviews with you know, a, a host of different legal teams across the globe. So I'd, I'd be on calls with legal, you know, from 7 a.m. to, to 9 or 10 p.m., uh, kind of off and on, going over the same thing over and over because there were hoops we had to jump through for the types of stuff we were launching. And that's necessary. It was just, it's based on where I'm at in my career, it, it was a little tiring. So I thought a smaller team might be fun. Um, somewhere that's more nimble can move quickly. Um, New challenge too. Right. And in a new challenge. Yeah. yeah. So going from more of kind of a, a lead product manager role, which is still exciting. Uh, it's just, you know, at this point, it's something I haven't tried that I've wanted to try is, is getting to lead a product team. Um, in this case, a small product team, but a, a product team nonetheless. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of changes going on here too. Cause even Dan, you're, you're new to Ibotta and it sounds like you've kind of, Ibotta is a smaller variant of where you were at before. So you know, what led into that decision? Yeah. I mean, in my career, I, I've kind of run the reins. So, so I spent six years at Oracle, which was massive. And, you know, you talk about bureaucracies act, we certainly had that. In fact, online, there's like this joke that was going around years ago, where it showed the Oracle org chart. It had like engineering and it was really small. And then it had the legal department. It was like 10 times <laughs> as big. And so I ran into a lot of that stuff. And then, um, you know, worked for a VC backed company that was maybe was still like a couple hundred people. And then spent a couple of years working for myself and now back at Obata, which Obata is probably 
like somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> of all of those extremes. But yeah, for me, I was always kind of interested in, um, you know, just being an organization that or, or group that where things are moving fast, no matter how big the overall organization is. But yeah, I definitely, um, I would have a hard time going back to a larger, more bureaucratic organization. I think I would definitely choke on that if I tried that again anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that just went into that decision making. It was just, it seemed too slow, seemed too bureaucratic and, and just that you can't continue at the pace, especially when you're on that train and you're going this fast and to slow down, it's like, nope, not doing that. Or you'll, you'll, you'll get bored or you don't, you know, you want to kind of chase that same speed. Yeah. What I found in large organ, like, it seems to me like the larger the organization, they, they have a little bit of a tendency to get kind of internally focused you know, and, and, and it seems like the customers get further removed. And so, yeah, that just leads to things yeah. slowing down, it seems like. Well, so I think we kind of hit some some good, like a lot of this is now sounding like, okay, rosy complexion. We've hit on some of the risks, right, of going to that. But kind of question for you guys, Kevin, Zach, Dan, um, you guys have families. Like, how, how do you explain this uh, career change and move to uh, and the potential risk increase or maybe the salary decrease for the the what you want to um, to your family? How do you how do you get them on board? Surprise, yeah. honey. <laughs> just kidding. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it was a trade off, certainly for PayPal. Some of the bigger companies often will give you um, nice chunks of like equity, often like RSU type grants where it's essentially big bonuses of cash. You unlock it, you know, the, um, the over four years milestones and that, that keeps people in kind of the golden handcuffs. Right. So there was definitely money, some money to walk away from that. I mean, it wasn't life altering, but it was, it was, uh, significant. Um, and so, I, but I think that for me, the decision-making was about, um, what do I want to try in my career and what do I think this will help achieve over the course of my career? So this isn't just an isolated like career jump. It's more of what does the trajectory look like? Where do I want to be in five, 10 years? Um, And um, you know, so there personally part of that was I wanted to lead, try leading a product team. um, And I, you know, I, I have interests in potentially starting something someday. And so smaller companies where you get to work directly with a CEO and you get to lead a team more hands-on, both contribute to that. Um, and so that that felt worth some of that cost, like that life experience. I think that will pay off over, over the long term. Um, but I mean, part of this equation was like, what is the salary going to be? Making sure that those financials still work for us. Um, and then, you know, the startup life can have some other perks. So um, in this case, you know, uh, what does the equity equation look like? And that's, that's a bit more rolling the dice, right? So there's a few different pieces of it. Uh, but I, you know, my advice would just be like, make sure that you can, uh, you know, financially swing whatever the opportunity sounds like. And so my wife and I had to discuss that. But looking at the long term horizon of my career, this, this seems like it's going to help me get there better, even though it, it's not quite as profitable at the moment. Yeah. And the same thing for, for me, you know, that I think you, you typically are taking kind of like a salary cut for some of these smaller companies and it might be more heavy equity, which is more of a gamble. Um, so you always kind of have to evaluate it based off the base usually is what I like to do it, but I like to lose kind of, um, 
touch on this of, of, you know, understanding the longevity, the uh, security uh, of the company itself. And that was really important to me, obviously, kind of moving from company to company really quickly from bootstrapped. Um, it, one of the things that was really important to me was severance. And so that's something that I negotiated was to, all right, I need at least two months in, in, you know, in the contract. So in case anything does happen, you know, I have two months to find a job, which felt a little more secure. So it was, there was some sense of security there, um, even though in, in understanding kind of where the job market's at right now, where everything's fully remote, product's a hot job, experience matters in this position. So I think, you know, with me, that seemed enough security to jump, take that jump and then also kind of, uh, um, um, help with that kind of long, long term of, you know, wanting to start my own company, uh, doing the same product stuff that Zach was mentioning. Right. And, and building that team. So I think there was a, yeah, there was, there's always concern about security and, and I think benefits, every company has benefits. They're kind of, you know, nothing's going to be outrageous unless you're like, you know, at, at a Facebook or, or something like that. Um, but, but not every company is that. Um, and, and so you, you're kind of just, you know, if, as long as you have benefits, great, <laughs> just evaluating typically base and longevity of the company. So I think that's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting point. It's like what we're looking at is just diversity of career and diversity of skill, right? Everybody wants to find areas to lead where they haven't led. And I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty good piece. You know, one of the, the interesting things that like I've had for myself is just wanting to actually be in a bigger organization since I've done, you know, the ground zero and up and kind of been through that, been through that ringer a few times. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at it more interestingly, like what are the different problems to solve at this, this top end level. And I think kind of similar to Zach, you know, one day I want to take that back down and, you know, say, okay, I've had this, this breadth of experience. How can it make me more valuable as a PM? And what can I bring, like, you know, cause that's, as you get higher end, you realize that you're relying on that experience and that wisdom gained over 10, 15, 20 years of, variable expertise i'm kind of curious if jake's moved in jake's you know a few months ago moved into a new role he's jumped on the call here how are you looking how are you enjoying the uh bigger company life and the uh bigger product org life it's it's really interesting i i, I really enjoy it i think i had the luxury of in my first product role being kind of the only product manager at a 40 person startup so I kind of got a taste of, of that um, and really enjoyed it. I actually made the jump to Ibotta because I wanted to actually go work with other product managers because I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. Um, I needed to go actually learn from some folks who knew what they were doing. So that's how I got here. I think what's been really fun in the director role at Ibotta is thinking about, I think about a quote from the late CEO of Zappos when he, he gave an interview talking about his role because he's a, he was a very quiet CEO, more of an introvert, which is a little bit unusual in that CEO role. And um, he was asked the question in this interview, like what you're, you're kind of not the archetype for a CEO and uh, you're, you're quiet. You, you're not kind of the biggest personality in the room. He's like, that's okay. That's, that's, that's okay. My job as the CEO is to build the greenhouse for the plants to grow within and not to be the tallest plant in the garden. Um, and that's just kind of a, 
a quote that I, I'm kind of butchering it, but basically that's what he said. Uh, I've kind of taken that quote to heart as what my job is today at Ibotta is like, I don't do a whole lot of pure product management anymore. I do a lot of building the culture and building the environment in which knock on wood, good product management can happen. Um, and that, that to me is what's, what's really fun and rewarding about the job. And it's a whole new skill set. Um, and it's a whole new way of thinking about uh, thinking about the role. So I've, I've really enjoyed learning that, struggling with that, building new skills, hopefully creating some value for other members of the team and looking forward to seeing where it goes next. I was, I was throwing in our chat on a slightly ironic note that the Australians have a, a comment called tall poppy syndrome, meaning it's the first one to get cut. And it's usually viewed as a negative oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Japanese have a, have a saying like that too. Like the, the tallest nail gets hammered first or something like that. Confucius say. Confucius. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like in terms of where it goes next, I don't know. I've, I've always thought it'd be cool to get back into a smaller company and like build, build a product team from the ground up. Like I love hearing what you're doing, Zach and, and KG. Like that's, that's awesome. I think it's, it's really neat to, like, that's the ultimate test, right? Like taking all the skills we've learned, like, all right, can we, can we build our own thing? Can we build a product that creates value for people, both customers and the people who build it? It's awesome. Yeah. The, that's exactly right. Like that's why I think when we talked about Lou, like why we take the leaps to apply the skills that we've learned, you know, working with you all as well, right? Like uh, and, and at Ibotta and, and across our careers, wanting to put those in action, I think is is really intriguing. Um, and like you said, is the ultimate test. But yeah, a, a common thread I'm hearing and that I've observed is I think the people who enjoy their careers most are the ones that understand kind of the broad, the broad arc that they want to go on to some degree. Like you don't have to have everything figured out, but knowing, I think I might want to start something someday, or I want to work on products that are used by millions or billions of people, or I want to help build a team. Like those are kind of large scale directional goals. And so what you can do then is start to like try and find skills that help you build towards that. Like that's kind of something I've, I've been doing. Um, and then when opportunities come up, you can, you can jump on them as they make sense for that. And so I think that's kind of something I've seen is I think the people who are enjoying their careers most, it's not that they necessarily plan every single step perfectly. I certainly didn't. Um, but if you kind of have some of these things in mind and you're working on certain skills, when something comes up, it's like, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. I think, I think this might be something I'm interested in based on, on kind of the, the long-term goals and horizon. So um, it seems to be what, what we've been following. You know, what's kind yeah. of funny too, is that there's this aspect of you don't know what you don't know yet. And as you work through all of these different organizational changes, that amount of what you don't know, it sometimes will seem to diminish. And then it will also drastically increase when you realize, oh, crap, uh, there is a ton that I don't know about every piece here. But I think there is a, a good point that says if you put yourself in that situation, you're at least going to learn it and you're going to have an opportunity to display those skills rather than just playing it safe and keeping with the status quo for where you are and doing those things. I, I was actually kind of having a, a funny thought here for probably the listeners. I'm not sure how many there are at this point, but we should maybe do like a backtrack. Millions. 
<laughs> yeah, millions. Yeah. <laughs> so where, why don't we do a, a backtrack? If we went back a year, year and a half ago, most of us were sitting in the, uh, the kind of media room that I bought at recording this podcast. So why don't we say our roles then and where we're at today as a, as a go back and Dan, since you're new to us, uh, we could either assume that you didn't exist a year and a half ago or uh, <laughs> give, give us your role. assume that for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we Zach? actually, yeah, this is, um, sorry, Zach, no, no. you can go next, but this is the two year anniversary of this show, which is crazy in the month of March. Um, I can't recall the exact date we published. I mean, you can probably look this up of what we published, but it's, we've been recording this podcast for two years and so much has happened in two years, um, in all of our careers. And I think, um, due to this meetup, due to this podcast and leveling each other up, we have leveled up. And so I love this reflection. Um, and, and, and maybe I'll start just to kick things off, but I was a product manager IC, individual contributor for uh, product team. I had one team uh, um, and, and, and the juxtaposition of now, I got to grow into senior, head of product, do director, and now I'm a head of product at a startup. So that I've had a lot of career growth in that two years and it's, it's so much uh, uh, attributed towards the work that we just do in this session of just leveling each other up and having these conversations. But that is mine and Zach, I'll pass it to you. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of growth. I think a a year and a half ago, I was, uh, I had just been promoted to a senior PM at Ibotta. Um, and I think what's interesting about right before that, I, I joined Ibotta. Um, I was a senior PM at the company previously, and I had another potential opportunity that was kind of a group PM role that I ended up turning down for Ibotta, but Ibotta hired me just as a product manager. So in title, it felt like a step down, which, and, you know, from a vanity standpoint, initially was felt a little bit frustrating. But one of the things I'd learned right before I bought it is that I was getting better at product, but I had learned enough to realize how much I didn't know. And so one of my top goals was to work in a much stronger technology and product team than I had previously. And I knew that that was going to increase my success in, in my career much faster than going to another company that, that was weaker in the technology and product department, but getting a, a, a little bump up in title. Um, and so I, I kind of had, you know, in, in title felt like I'd regressed a little bit, but it was for the benefit. The, my first job that I bought a, was effectively a lead product manager role and just not in title. Um, it was an entirely new business line and it was trial by fire. I messed a lot of stuff up. Um, it was not smooth to be completely honest, but I learned a ton, had a lot of impact, um, you know, got to work with, um, senior leadership, a fair amount on the direction. And that led to promotion that I bought. And from there, it's kind of been like, uh, you know, kind of what Kevin said, I've been able to try going to a more senior product manager role in a much larger organization. And then uh, now I'm finally trying more of the actual leadership role itself. So it's been a lot of growth. And I think going after what are the things I don't know, what are the skills I need to learn has been more valuable than simply trying to go after, you know, just the title advancement. Jake, how about yourself? Yeah, I think a year and a half ago, I was also a PM on Ibotta's redemption user experience team at the time, which which no longer exists in name, but 
a lot of the responsibilities of that team are still being actively worked on. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm now the, the director of our purchases group, which includes that problem space and, and a couple of other ones. Um, I, I, I love what you're saying, Zach, around like seeking skills and seeking experiences that you haven't acquired. Um, I feel like that that to me has been a big part of my journey as well, is, is just trying to go seek those out. Um, I think the other thing too is just work your ass off, even if you're not in the spotlight, because it comes around. Um, and it often comes around when you don't even want it half the time. Um, but it does come. And, and if you if you put in the work, you'll be ready for the moment. And sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time. And that's kind of how I think about my, my, my journey as well over the last couple of, of months slash years. I totally like to agree with the just working really hard piece of it. Um, you know, I think that has helped because later, even though I was I wasn't seeing recognition for certain things in the past, you know, fast forward to when I'm getting a, a, a VP offer, um, I have a bunch of people who will give me stellar reviews who feel confident that I could do that because they've seen how I operate. Um, and I've, I've worked on tasks that were outside of my scope so that stepping into something larger feels doesn't feel completely unfamiliar, even though it is in, in a way unfamiliar. So I totally echo that thought. Yeah, I think in kind of me following up the uh, the end path here, a year and a half ago, I think I joined Ibotta as the first big company uh, to which I had done a product role at. And even in startups, I, I was never really, it, it was product-ish, right? Every Any early manager in a startup is, is product and the chief of everything officer, as we would call it. So kind of coming into this, I think the first day uh, and the first week when Kevin was like, hey, come down and be part of this podcast. I was like, oh, crap, I don't even know what I'm doing here yet. Um, so it kind of evolved from that into one team, one squad, senior product manager to um, we've got uh, four four squads now inside of our group. So as a group PM uh, within you know a year and a half of, of the company. And I've seen that team grow from six engineers to I think the incremental head counts now 41 between EMs, PMs, you know, engineers, designers, and, and that's just a, an incredibly massive feeling, a feeling of good feeling of accomplishment to see something grow like that in a bigger organization. But the new challenge has been, how do I coach others to, you know, build their own dreams inside of this company? And that's what I've been working on a lot since the start of the year in the group PM role. And that was a, a thing for me. It's like, I knew I could do the PM part. Now I want to figure out if I can scale others to be in that PM part and to do what I did. And so that's become the kind of, you know, the unique thing. Well, congratulations, everyone. I think you've all successfully leveled up your skills. <laughs> uh, thanks to the, you know, uh, us all being in this room and having these conversations. And I hope the listeners that along the way in this journey with us have had the opportunity to level up please share the stories i'd love to hear those um uh, you know whether that's on linkedin or comments and reviews um you know I, we would want to celebrate with you uh, on on your leveling up and and want to keep doing that so um we're going to be you know continuing to do this podcast um as much as we can um we actually have a live recording coming up um to those who are interested um April 20th, and uh, we're kicking off General Assembly's product week. So we're going to be talking uh, through there. So we actually submitted a forum, uh, a forum for some um, questions and 
things that aspiring PMs want to learn about. So we can kind of uh, um, jam on that topic for a bit. Um, more to come on that. I'll send you guys some more information too. Um, and, and we'll have links uh, to, to uh, sign up and RSVP for that in the, in the episode. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like we finished up our coffee. So um, go level yourself up. Thank you.